What's up, people? Welcome back to another episode of the Ren Pod with me, Morgan, and Barello. Hello, peoples. Yeah, hello. Um, this is a, a new thing because we can actually see each other now. You guys can't yeah. see us yet. Um, we're gonna work on that as at some point, but we're testing this out. We can actually see each other now, so it's it it's a little bit better, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it makes it more conversational because now you don't have to wonder like what's the other not necessarily what's their facial reactions, but it's like you're able to play off the person better. Because you yes. actually seen the person. Exactly. Exactly. I mean I'm focusing on your face that way I don't have to see me anymore. Um <laughs> uh yeah, this week is uh it's the week after the infamous or famous at this point, maybe, I don't know, depending on Twitter, uh, Snyder Cut has come out. Um, I've watched it three times, and Bralio, <laughs> and Bralio you've seen it, uh, you've seen an hour of it. I've seen an hour of it, yeah. Uh, I've seen The Falcon and Winter Soldier like 15 times by now. See, yeah, I've, I've watched that twice. I've seen Falcon and Winter Soldier twice, and I've, I've seen the Snyder Cut three times, all in the same day. <laughs> One thing that's crazy is like people don't think about what a weekend it was like for nerdom, for fandom. Like it doesn't matter if you're a DC fan, Marvel fan, you got something that weekend. And yes, let me about to turn this off this light because like it, uh, it felt weird. It felt weird to have like that much of something, you know, because it's been a while since we've had like an entire weekend of like pure nerd stuff all in once. It, it's been a while, but we never had like a such a weekend like that. Cause even when when theaters and everything was still open, we never had a Marvel release day that overlapped with a DC release or a DC that overlapped with Marvel. It's always kind of like Disney overlapping with Disney or Sony overlapping with Sony or Warner Brothers with Warner Brothers. It's always the same. It's never been about like competition, and it's not a fair competition either because it's a movie versus on a one episode. So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, <laughs> it was it's fun. been it, it was it was very fun. Um, but yeah, uh, we we're both for the audience's understanding. We are both rocking the Aquaman beard right now. I just want you all yeah. to visualize this as we talk about it. <laughs> yes, because we've been the virtual thing, not the virtual, the visual things that we've been using have been an emoji. So it's kind of hard to tell where the facial begins and ends. And exactly. So puffy. this. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's it's been a while since there's been like a nerd weekend, and I think we could probably we're gonna cover a lot more Marvel stuff on your show, so we can like gloss on our on our like major thoughts on Falcon and Winter Soldier because we're yeah. definitely gonna go in depth on your show, and we did for at least a little bit. Um, I believe last we week did we the more the predictions it. rather than a full episode one discussion, so we could definitely yeah. cover that on the next episode exactly so we can we can kind of cut gloss our little bit and then we can get into um into the snyder cut because braulio is going to finish it at some point and then when he does i want to know what the after is going to be <laughs> i'm going to try to get it done this weekend so next episode of the ramp pod you're going to have here my full-fledged thoughts i guess you could say yeah yeah or so, spoiler discussion i don't know yeah we're doing this like double toast style because double toasted um i don't know if you watch them braulio no, it okay. sounds familiar though, but I haven't seen it. They're they're getting pretty big on TikTok, and they're very they're hilarious. Like they kind of just do movie reviews and and kind of go through old films as well and kind of review them as well uh, and like bad movie reviews. But sometimes they'll have uh, if one of them have seen the movie and another one hasn't, one person will give their thoughts, and the next week the next person will give their thoughts to see if it matches up. 
Right. Oh, that sounds so cool. We might do like a double toasted style if Braulio is like, uh, if he's like, yeah, I changed my mind. <laughs> I don't know, man. So far, I from the one hour that I've seen, it's is a little bit better than the original, yeah. but it's too gritty, too grainy for my oh, taste. It's so, it's so grainy. It's so much. It's like they, is they're like one step above grayscale. Yes, and the four three aspect ratio. We're we're gonna get into a lot of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got I got thoughts on that. Oh, I have so many thoughts. Uh, so Falcon Winter Soldier. We can gloss through this. We can get through this pretty quickly. Bradley, yep. you're the big Marvel guy here. I'm 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 big Marvel comics guy. I'm not a big MCU guy. You're the big MCU guy here. <laughs> Walk me through your thoughts on Falcon Winter Soldier episode one. <laughs> So I feel like the episode was definitely um, something different from WandaVision, completely on different spectrums. Like it, it felt more of a what the MCU first dip into what Disney Plus should have been, because you can tell the transition because they're still keeping the same movie aspect ratios. They're keeping the same kind of editing, the same kind of MCU style, like tr- through and true. It is an MCU property. You cannot look and say okay this looks different it's an mcu thing and it's great because it makes that transition from the big screen coming to the to the smaller screen and you could tell that okay i'm watching still the mcu and i'm gonna have fun because it's an mcu it's only on you know streaming services now overall with the story i feel that it still has a lot to develop but if they keep it with what i were in the path that i think they're gonna go i am so excited and i'm all along with this ride and I, I can't wait to see what happens but it's definitely going to be an interesting ride oh yeah um i i can say my main thoughts on it were it's definitely it feels it feels like it's appropriate for the day like that's mm-hmm. it feels yeah. very appropriate for the times like i don't think five years ago they could have made this show and it would have gotten this amount of like acclaim or like love i think it is because the stuff they talk about and that they're probably going to talk about through like the whole yeah. show is very like five years ago people would be like yeah it's a bit of a reach <laughs> yeah 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 and i know exactly what you're referring to and even the director of the show he was um or one of the writers they were talking about it like a lot of the real world stuff that's that happened last year and the years prior had an effect on the filming and the way that the story was written and they're going to tackle a lot of these i don't you could say adult themes in a disney property you know so yeah. that's something to look forward to especially the fact that as i pointed out to you in uh, voice note on the first episode first drop that they use curse words yes i was surprised to hear the the f word in uh in a disney property i know it's marvel but still disney exactly. or to hear the the s word like, I think it was like seven times that I told you that they dropped it. Come on. Yeah. It's, a, it it's a an lot. adult show. Exactly. And it's, it's it's like the equivalent of somebody saying this is grown folks business. Like, it's that sort of mm-hmm. show where they're like, this is grown folks business. <laughs> like, like it is, put man. the kids away This is, or leave the kids in here, but they're going to learn a harsh lesson. <laughs> yeah. They're going to get kicked in subject matter right away. Because yes. it was what, like five minutes into the show, he they, they said the F word. I was like, wait, hold on, rewind. What? What did he say? Oh, okay, he said that. Is that and they cover like, of course, you know, with the whole Sam getting the shield. Of course, we're gonna talk. The, the show is gonna talk about racism. 
Um, but I was surprised to see like the the actual depiction almost of how almost veterans are treated once they get back. Yeah. You know, because that whole like psych- that whole therapist scene, I was like, yeah, that's exactly how a VA therapist is. Like, <laughs> Dude, like, they are I, not nice. <laughs> yeah. And I loved the fact that Bucky was sleeping on the floor because this is a man that's been through war and has been through battles and has been an assassin and everything that's been going through. He's not going to be feeling all cozy. OK, I'm free now, because even when he was in getting um healing from you know being brainwashed and everything he was in wakanda mm. sleeping in hay yeah you can't yeah. say that this man now is going to be always sleeping in a cozy bed and everything come on that's all i love that detail it's a, it's a very important detail like i mm-hmm. i fortunately for my stint in the military industrial complex i didn't have to go see active duty fortunately mm-hmm. um i was like i was in stateside i was training to just be an officer whatever and then i got out like <laughs> got out like my two years were up i was like i'm out of here <laughs> but but i you know i know plenty of people that come from military family like i know plenty of people who when they got back they slept in closets because they just weren't used to mattresses they were just like no nah, i can't i can't do it like and it took them years before they're like now they they're comfortable kind of reacclimated to society but it's been like 15 20 years since they've been back and yeah. it's like you kind of you get that sort of feel from Bucky, you know, and yeah. it's like and it's it's dude. And even the the path that they're taking, like Bucky is going to you can tell that his story arc is going to be about redeeming himself. Redemption It's going to be a redemption arc for Sam is going to be an acceptance and being the hero that we know that you could be like exactly. him having to break that mold and lose the self-doubt yes and like five minutes into that at that whole museum scene i knew what at the end of that episode was gonna be i was like i know what's gonna happen and i'm still gonna be mad <laughs> uh, yeah sam is an idiot though man i mean i can see it from his point of view but you were picked by captain america the greatest symbol of freedom up. and yeah me either. like i was so mad the second they said you did the right thing son i was like i know what they're gonna do <laughs> But I wonder if this is some Hydra or Thunderbolts thing. Ooh, that would be really cool. If it's a Thunderbolts thing, and then maybe it leads into, um, what is it? The the team that has Speedball on it. Uh, oh, Thunderbolts. Yeah, yeah, Thunderbolts, and then the other one as well. That that kind of started the, the Civil War in the comics. Uh, was it new? Oh, God, I know who you're talking about. Was it? What was Crap, it? I know who you're talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. I forgot the name of the team. Yeah, like I love that team. I love that team so much. <laughs> Mainly because I love speedball. It was like was it, it wasn't young. It wasn't young X Men, or it wasn't no. It was a. Uh, it was someone. It was, um... <laughs> oh my god, this is gonna kill me. It's it's in my head. I I can't. I... It wasn't that long ago that I read Civil War. Is I love that team mainly because I love speedball. I love speedball and I love when he becomes penance. And if anything that can get us towards that, I'm all for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed, completely agreed. But I'm still bothered by this. I can't remember. <laughs> We're going to remember. Watch at the end of the show. It's going to pop in. <laughs> We're just going to yell it at the end of the show. And everyone's going to be like, what? We're going to be like, yeah, yeah, at the beginning. At the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just splice that in. Nobody knows. <laughs> no, um, yeah, but yeah, if we can get to the Thunderbolts, because then that'll give us Red Hulk and maybe Red She-Hulk as well. That'd be really cool because we're getting the She-Hulk and we, show. And we know we're getting Abomination. Oh yes. In this show. No, wait, yeah. no. Is it this show or She-Hulk? I think we're it's, getting Abomination. 
I think it's She-Hulk. If anything, anything that gets us kind of closer to that, and maybe we might get Scorpion, we might get uh, Iron Patriot. Even if it's not Norman, we might get Rhodey as Iron Patriot. Do you think mm. they'll do it again? Because they already did Iron Patriot and Iron Man 3. They might. I mean, it's like uh, Iron Patriot is almost like the Red Hood, where it's like everyone just kind of is it at one point. Yeah. <laughs> That's know? true. So it's like they might do it again. It'd be really cool because we, we haven't seen Norman yet. It'd be cool if they did Norman. I, I wonder how they're going to introduce him. Or if they're gonna give his the the Norman Osborn character or or like um his role to uh returning Justin Hammer. Oh yeah, I'd I'd which would be, be kinda okay cool too. Yeah, like I'd yeah. be okay with that. Like if they anyone just kinda to be that evil rich guy who becomes president somehow and like you it's like the Lex Luthor effect where you're like, how did this guy become president? Like we all know he's evil, right? <laughs> like who What's voted it, for what him? Was the, what was the Lex Luthor's name from um Smallville? Michael oh. Rosenberg. Yes, I think something so. like that. Something like that. He should come back to the DC and replace Jesse Eisenberg. Anyone could replace Jesse Eisenberg. Just any bald man could replace him, and I'd be happy. No, but you need to bring him back, dude. He was the well. We haven't had that many depictions of Lex, but actually, we have. We had from the Superman one. Yes. Back in the seventies. Seventies. We had. Then they they changed that in Superman three, right? Yeah, and then that was the same one in Superman four. Yeah, then there's and then yeah, Superman so we had turns. Yeah, then Superman yeah. Returns was uh was that Brian Cranston in that? No, no. who was? I don't that? think he's done DC. Who was that in that? Uh, Brian Cranston could do it honestly. That with that Heisenberg yeah. bald cut. <laughs> Wait to be who? To be Lex Luthor. <laughs> Just imagine that. You don't think uh, he'll be too old though? I mean, uh, Lex Luthor's got to get old at some point, right? You, could, you know, you know they, could, they could use Brian Cranston as a kingpin. No, not kingpin. Yeah, kingpin in the MCU. No, kingpin yeah. needs to be opposing. Yes. Or, ooh, Brian Cranston as Lex Luthor in the Nightmare timeline. Because it's kind of like the future. Ooh, I see that. Yeah. I like that. I like Get that. Eisenberg out of there. <laughs> Get him any out of... <laughs> Get him out of where, everywhere. So, uh, yeah, in the end of uh, the, so uh, that bank scene, you know, just d- light spoilers. That bank scene in when Falcon and Winter Soldier <laughs> made me so mad. <laughs> Why? I was sitting there, and I'm like, first of all, we we've been asking this question of how did they get paid this whole time. And we've been assuming because Tony took the Avengers like in secure global security private that they were getting paid. And apparently they just weren't like what? I mean, but do you really need to be getting paid if you're living in Avengers at the Avengers compound? You're eating at Avengers compound. And when you're not chilling, you're out. So fighting crime. Yes. So it's like, do you really what were you going to do with the money? Exactly what Sam's trying to do. (laughs) But that's different, though. That's (laughs) Sam's relatable. I said in my show that Sam is one of the most relatable characters in the MCU. And I'm a fan of Wanda, Tony, Doctor Strange. But now Sam has surpassed all of them and has become the most relatable character. So for his story, it makes sense. The rest, I could. eh, I'm going to do with money. Vision bought a house, right? For him and Wanda to retire in. Dude, he could. (laughs) crypto money he could yeah. probably crypto money 
Yeah, but like the rest of they all have everyone except for Thor has a reason to use money. Captain America was complaining about getting an apartment in Brooklyn. Get this man a paycheck. <laughs> and did you see the 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 car that Wanda was driving? It wasn't a, model, a new model. It was like a 2011 car. Exactly. What's the point of being best friends with Tony Stark? Aunt May, you know Aunt May probably still living in that broke apartment in Queens. <laughs> no, Peter was getting money, remember? He getting money? (laughs) Yeah, he was getting money from Stark. You know how mad that would make me? (laughs) I'm sitting there, this 15-year-old kid, out here getting this money, and I'm out here getting nothing. (laughs) Being denied at a bank by some dude that's taking selfies with me. That scene was great, though, man. Oh, my God. It was a good scene, though, because it showed so much, um, or has so much deeper content than what we were getting, like, if you did not pick up on the the racial well the racial connotations, you're living on the rock. Is that guy because me that either. had undertones? That's the word I was looking for. Racial undertones through and through, right? Oh yeah. And then it also dealt so much with what you were saying about wh- why you're so broke. Exactly. So, like Adam, Sam was in the military, man. Like Sam was yeah. in the military. Like he That's got a paycheck. He got nothing. Like we, he, he we got, got no pension. pension man. Remember, we, I've been I've been through that same financial course that he had to take. They tell you straight. They're like, "This is what your retirement looks like." like you do your sixteen, you get your retirement. Where's this man's retirement? He, I don't know. What, what, I don't know, man. So the he had a nice truck though. So maybe that's what he's yeah. using the money for. It's bad choices. <laughs> Listen, man, he clearly wasn't saving enough money. He was just hoping that him being Falcon was going to help out. Like, we've, I just, I want to get to the bottom of the whole back pay situation. That's what I want to get to the bottom of because we know that, uh, we know that Steve and Bucky have been frozen. So I'm assuming they have to be getting some sort of back pay for the time that they've been technically active duty and technically like, I guess injured on, on while on duty. And then Sam has government contracts, but he was gone for five years. So maybe he's supposed to get back pay for his retirement as well. Like who knows? Cause he did, he was technically killed in action or at least missing in action. Cause he was working for the Avengers. <laughs> well, for Sam and probably Steve as well, the government could just use the Sokovia courts cause they were war criminals. Yeah. So they could just cut them out. And if you remember somebody like uh, Bucky, he was presumed dead all the way back down into the 40s. So whatever paperwork they were working out for him, probably he had no no next to kin. Oh, uh, yeah. But he knows he's dead of tuberculosis. Yeah. So that's where that all that back pay goes. It just they, had, they found loopholes. See, just like the government. Just <laughs> listen, man. Wait. If I could figure it out, you know they figure out a way to not pay people. Oh, yeah. Calling it taxes. Oh, oh my gosh. You know Sam out here being like, listen, I better get my STEMI check. Okay. Oh, yeah. He was definitely, he flew to the White House to get it. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, speaking of flying to the White House, a white man? Just, just, just the end of that show. I was sitting there, I'm looking at the screen. And then I see I see them go turn on the news and I go, I don't want to. <laughs> he shouldn't. He shouldn't turn on the news. I know what this is going to be and I don't want it. 
I was surprised that they introduced him so early. <laughs> like I thought that they to. were gonna <laughs> keep this episode more focused on Sam and Bucky and the um, the Flag Smashers, uh, and yeah. then next episode introduce um U.S. Agent. I think it. I think it worked if, that they introduced it so early in episode one because like people are talking about it. Like, I don't know how many yeah. TikToks I've seen of people just shouting a white man in the most angry voice I've ever heard. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Do you think that this show is getting buzzed like um, WandaVision was? I think, I, think it's, I think it's riding the high that WandaVision left everybody with, but I don't think it's getting the same like level of buzz that WandaVision was getting. Because WandaVision I... was like high up there from episode one and i remember because everybody well the benefit of wandavision was that it was episode one and two dropped at the same time but even then it's like the thing about wandavision was that it has so much mystery and it left so much room for discussion yeah with this show at least with episode one yeah there's certain things we could still talk about like about who could the the flag smashers be who's the guy that kicked the dude in the face is he gonna end up be taking the mantle of falcon when falcon becomes captain america yeah and who u.s agent is and why the why his chin looks so square you know these are the questions that we could be asking is this random man from wisconsin out here (laughs) i was like what's up with his jaw like what's going on there (laughs) dude he has to be a super soldier though he's gotta be or like like it has one of those 85 offshoots (laughs) so i have a theory uh and I think that, so the government probably stayed working on the super soldier serum, just like they were yeah. doing with the Hulk, right? Yeah. So we know that Captain America was part of the Weapons Plus program. Yep. What if this is our introduction to Wolverine? That's exactly what I was Logan. thinking. That's exactly what I was Because Marvel, Marvel has this weird thing of, and it's, it's a good thing is really what it is, because they kind of stick to the idea that Captain America is the first superhero. Like, there's nobody before him. It's him, right? And everything and everybody that gets experimented on or whatever is always in an effort to recreate him. So Wolverine, yep. Deadpool, like, every Maverick, Sabretooth, all these dudes, half of, like, mutants who get experimented on. It's just a way to try the and century. recreate Captain America. Yeah, the century. Like, so I think it works really well because, it, like, it keeps a cohesive understanding of, like, why is Spider-Man Spider-Man? Well, some dude was trying to recreate Captain America with spiders for some reason. I don't know why he thought spiders, but... <laughs> he probably thought that, you know, the Germans were going to use spiders as the, the genome complex. I don't know. Is it, you Americans know, be wild, man. Is it the rhino? Like, everybody is just an effort to recreate Captain America. And it, it works. And it's it leaves you with this situation where you're like, well, we could just have anybody be a hero because somebody who just like was like oh let me recreate captain america (laughs) i messed up (laughs) and the mess ups have been massive mess ups the one of the biggest mess ups um in the mcu is abomination yeah and the second one would be hulk yeah believe it or not hulk is a failed captain america really horrible failed captain america (laughs) like you know what I mean, let's just drop a gamma bomb and that'll do it <laughs> what i mean he got retconned into being that it was always by the sign by the one below all yeah but if pre red i think it was when did the immortal hulk drop 2018 2019 whenever that name. comic dropped yeah it was a retcon to the hulk's backstory but yeah hulk was a phil captain america experiment 
It's, it's almost like a. It's like, and this this is a good transition into Snyder Cut. It's almost like how Batman was retconned into the reason why Gotham is so horrible in an effort to like explain why everybody's like, well, Batman is just making these problems. Like Gotham apparently is haunted by a giant demon bat underneath the city, which loves Batman. Yeah. <laughs> he, what was it that he did? He wasn't it that he was trying to test Batman when he fell into the cave and he disturbed his peace. Yes. So he wanted a, some, I don't know, some, something ridiculous. Yeah, and it's like trying to push Batman to like be better or something. Just like so, it just keeps creating villains in order to like mess with him. And it's like that's the worst retcon I've ever heard of anything. <laughs> yeah, just let's just pretend that. Wait, no, because that that doesn't that tie into Dark Knight's death metal. Yes, pre Dark Knight's. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, you're right. Like it's the weird, worst weird retcon. story, man. It's so weird, like. Like, I, especially for Batman, like that would explain a lot of other heroes because they're kind of weird and white. Like if John Constantine had a giant demon bat under his house, I wouldn't even bat an eye. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Of course he does. <laughs> I remember now. So the giant bat is a primordial being that serves under Perpetua. Oh, God. And she created it so that Batman could rise up and help her. Some, something along those lines. I'm, I'm butchering it, but yeah, Batman is... Wow, it's, it's like how uh, yeah. it's, it's like how Thanos wants to bang death in in the comics. I mean, have you seen some of those shapes? <sighs> she bad. I'll give it that. It's, it's <laughs> tempting, man. It's tempting. Is I don't know what it is about death in both Marvel and DC. Where it's like I like DC's version of death more because it's just it's more my aesthetic. Like you've seen Death of the Endless, where it's like she's just a goth girl, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So Marvel though, Mar yeah, but she's like she's more like she's more like oh like I'm big and like you know intimidating. And Death of the Ennis is just like oh yeah, I'm, I'm a nice goth girl. Let me <laughs> let me take you to the afterlife. Like look at me, I'm just here having a good time. I don't, you know what's crazy? I can't put a uh, my memory on the DC version of Death. Imagine just like a really pale girl who hangs out in a hot topic, uh, with like black skin. I keep jeans. thinking of Raven. Pretty much Raven. It's pretty much Raven, but like skinnier and with like an onk around her neck and like a little tattoo under her eye. All right, we need to Google this. Uh, DC Death character. Like, she's, she's very, uh, she's very sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like she's real sweet. And I'm pretty sure I've dated a girl who looks like that. Like, it's just. You know what she looks like? She looks like the girl from um, Hotel Transylvania. Yes, which I was a big fan of that. I was a really big fan of Mavis. Mavis. <laughs> I like vampires. Definitely. I like vampire girls. I don't like how vampires are depicted in cinema because it's just it's a weird bourgeoisie thing. But I do like the aesthetic. Ditto. <laughs> yeah, Underworld. You know who did the leather. justice to the Blade, the Blade films did justice to them. Yeah. Especially like then during Blade two no blade yeah blade what's the one with the one that opens the mouth like that is that two or three i think that's two three is like two, the worst so. one. <laughs> oh, with um ryan draco <laughs> ryan reynolds was a good part of it and so there was jessica Biel. yes they were the best part of that everyone else was like what is happening in this movie <laughs> what dude, is triple this? h was in that movie <sighs> dude I just... triple h is not a good actor i, I uh, paul i don't know what paul was thinking <laughs> He was from because 
he was trying to get the sweet WWE um, recognition. So, oh, we got double actors in our own WWE films. He was trying to pull that. He was trying to put that rock in uh in the in the sand king. What was that? The scorpion. The scorpion king. king? <laughs> yeah. Worst movie. So bad. The the, the the scorpion king CGI and the mummy, the last mummy movie. Yes. Worst CGI. So bad. And you can't even say that. You can't even justify it by saying, "Oh, it was the times." Nah. They did Godzilla years exactly. before, and Godzilla was great. Yeah. So. Like that. It was just a bad time. It was a really bad time. Um. Yeah. But speaking of strange men dressed up, weird furries dressed like bat creatures, uh, the Snyder Cut. That's <laughs> a weird transition. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, a um, lot of leather in that. Not not really. Actually, no leather. I was, I was expecting more leather on Batman. The bat nips. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Aquaman's wearing like leather pants halfway through, like through most of this movie. Yeah. Which is a, a really bad fashion choice for a man who lives in water. Yeah, plus, uh, well, well, at the same time, leather is kind of works as a swimsuit, not swimsuit, like a speed suit. So it might give him a boost. Maybe. So you got to think mean, about like, leather's so uncomfortable when it's wet. <laughs> not really. Just when it's drying, in... yes. When you're in water, no. Yeah, like you, you know. You know what I mean? When you like get out of the water and it's just sticking, <laughs> just everywhere. They compact things. Yeah. Listen, I used to be in the swim team. Oh, it's yeah, it's not it's not a comfortable time. Yeah. And this man is just walking around in leather pants and Tim's. This man's wearing Timberlands. Get out of here! No. <laughs> he got a he he likes New York, man. Oh. He can't he can't like New York and not have a pair of Tim's. You gonna ruin them Tims though. You live in the water. <laughs> Listen, you gotta give him credit. Somehow he he gets out of the water, puts in a shirt, does one action, goes back into taking off the shirt. So, I, I think he goes with the same logic as the Twilight um, werewolves. Yes. Pair of shorts everywhere, shirts everywhere. Just that that sweet Calvin Klein commercial halfway through the movie. <laughs> oh, the slow motion walk into the ocean. Yes, the slow mo- just guzzling a, a whiskey, smashes it on the dock, stands there for a solid two minutes, taking the shirt off, and the water just mists. <laughs> Doesn't he? Isn't he supposed to protect the the sea life? Why? Why throwing alcohol in bottles? Exactly. It's so many questions that are, more questions are raised than answered by Aquaman. See, these are the serious questions about this movie. So, oh my gosh. Okay, so let's start with non-spoilers because I don't want to spoil anything accidentally for you just in case you care about spoilers. <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah, because TikTok has shown a lot of the scenes of the movie, but there's a lot of things that I haven't seen yet that I'm yeah. interested to see what kind of turns it does, they take. Okay, perfect. There are a couple... Okay, there's no like there's no big twists or turns. I'll, I'll give you that. There's a couple of like like, oh... Okay, and a few things that made me go, I'd like to see that play out. I know it'll never happen, but I was like, I'd like to see where that goes. It'll never happen, but I'd like it. <laughs> I did see some of the scenes that they removed, though. Like, they removed the scene that um, the Aquaman is sitting on the lasso of truth. Oh, yes. I love that scene, so I, I kind of wish that they would have kept that. Um, a lot of the bad jokes for Flash, they yeah. removed. Yeah. And... I don't like that because his corniness kind of appealed to me. 
and it made me like him but and then they removed it so it's like uh, you, you took away one of the things that i like about the character yeah so, like so they took all those scenes out because like every scene that they took out of the movie was everything that joss whedon filmed so they just took every single bit of him they took it out of the movie so when you watch it and you see like certain stuff that's gone you're like okay that was whedon who did that including some of the like the weird like when flash like lands on wonder woman's boobs <laughs> yeah the the, and or the scene that um when bruce is talking to diana that in the the whedon cut is from the from the buttocks perspective yes facing bruce oh and from the whedon and from the snyder perspective is more of a shoulder over the shoulder shot yeah, which like for for like cinema reasons and like film school reasons, like it it does work a lot better because like I don't know what it, and I'm not gonna say Snyder wasn't a, a perpetrator of the same exact thing back in the day. He was, but he does it to everybody in a way. But he did do it egregiously to women, especially in like Watchmen and Sucker Punch. But he also did do it a lot to like this weird body gaze of like sexuality he did it to dudes in 300 a lot and in this yeah. movie to a certain degree as well like he loves men's abs i don't know <laughs> i've never seen a director He's just abs, man, man. <laughs> i've never seen a director just really focus like laser focus on a man's abs like he has <laughs> listen he's trying to appeal to that different demographic that other directors are not covering honestly but like it it was he he of course he was still perpetuating that same thing and you know a lot of directors do it but i did like that they kind of changed and elevated the the perspective of like over her shoulder because it does put her in an equal standing with everybody else you know as opposed to it being filmed from underneath which kind of like separates her from everyone in like a cinematic perspective <laughs> i see i kind of disagree with you and uh in the way that she still, to me, she felt still level with the other characters, mm. with you know, with that, the original shot included. Yeah, and I personally liked it more, not because I'm a guy, and obviously you get to see Diana's um, butt there, but because I, I, the way that the shot was composed, mm. like the color, the color grading, and everything, it, it looked more appealing because you see the like the red contrast of, of her pants matching with Bruce's more brooding colors, and it kind of gave you that more of a cinematic pop on Bruce, who was the person that was speaking at the time, mm. as opposed to having the over the shoulder, which is if you're think about it, like you're opening a window mm -hmm. when you're opening a window, would you rather have like a, a angular sh shot that you can see more of what's below? Or would you rather have like a more of a visual point that is like, you get what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm the, the, the bad analogy, but like the, the angular shot sometimes is more cinematic than the, straight shot in this case down up as opposed to up down is it no i i get what you're saying definitely and i i do i like to play with those when i'm messing around with cinematics as well and i think it would have been interesting in the opposite direction i think the weird part about it at least for me was the shot that it was like right at the butt like that was weird to me right because it's mm -hmm. one thing to like if you put batman like there's angles for, for people who are listening who didn't go to film school or don't partake in cinematography. The angle at which you film a person distinguishes them from the other people in the scene, depending on the angle that you film them. So if you film someone from a bottom angle up, it kind of it insinuates that they're in a position of power in in the scene over everybody else. And if you film them level, then it's it's insinuating that everybody in the scene is equal. So I think it would have been cool to like maybe, although I think Gal Gadot might 
be the same height as Ben Affleck. So I don't know. I don't know if that would work very well, <laughs> but yeah. it would have been cool to like film it from like her shoulder or from her upper back upwards at Batman. So we get that same angle and we get that same feel, but we're not focusing on her butt. Like that would have been really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, she must have agreed to it in the original shot. So yeah and I, I agree with you on the like the color pops like i love when people play with with coloration in in a scene especially with like a wide angle when you see both people and they're standing like opposite sides of the screen and one is like shrouded in darkness and the other one's like covered in light i love that i love that sort of thing <laughs> that's one of the the few things that i liked from the harry potter movies the the positioning and the color differentiator especially with the with the wands and stuff which is exactly that looked appealing exactly same with like star wars with like the the rebels shoot red lasers and the empire shoots green lasers because in our minds what red is supposed to equal evil and green is supposed to equal good and even with the lightsabers we're kind of taught that because luke has a green saber and vader has a red saber but for some like everybody's kind of shooting the opposite colors of what they should based on their like occupation of good guy or bad guy and i, yeah. I love that sort of stuff because it's, it's I know it's like a film nerd thing, but it's like it's so fun to like play with those things. But it makes me more invested in a show, in a whatever it is that you're watching. If it's something that appeals to you on whatever level it is, exactly. And it tells like the coloration of a movie, the audience. Next time you're watching a film, um, and I can't think off the top of my head a good like example the raimi spider-man movies kind of do it but they mainly do it with like sepia tone and and that needs is the amazing spider-man films for weirdly enough they do do that they play with color a lot for a movie that's very dreary <laughs> you could look at even if you want to keep it more more like super mainstream movies just the mcu in general the mcu it appeals to a wider audience because of the colors as well. Yeah. Subconsciously, the the amount of color that they saturate you with, it makes you more engaged because like, oh, look at the pretty colors. Exactly. But it's, it's like a filming technique. Yes. Draw more colors. Which is interesting with on the DC side of the world, with, especially with the, um, the Snyder Cut, is grainy. It's very grainy. Very it really is. Neutral colors. Yes, and very cold colors as well. Like the white balance yeah. is cranked on this thing. <laughs> like they love it. Um, but yeah, audience, before we get into the the Snyder graininess, yeah, go and find like I don't know, go find like an Artur movie or something like that, and just or uh, uh what is it, Amelie. Amelie does this great, and this is why I teach it in film school. Um, go watch Amelie, and don't even focus on the story of the movie because the story of the movie is garbage. I'm going to tell you now, it's a horrible movie in terms of narrative, and don't let any of your film school teachers tell you otherwise. It is bad. <laughs> I've seen that. I had to write a 15-page paper on that movie in film class. It is bad. <laughs> but the colors... Yeah, don't, don't make them hate the movie before they watch it. <laughs> But the colors of that movie is why you watch it. You watch it for the cinematography, the coloring in that movie and the way that they play colors off of each character. Every character has their own like visual style. And uh, what's that show? Pushing Daisies. Pushing Daisies does mm. this as well. Every single character has their own visual style from clothing to coloring that's that's on the screen whenever they're on the screen. Everything. Just watch those things and then just look at the colors. Don't even focus on the story. <laughs> another good um movie that's good for that is, is an animated movie actually was um up yes up plays a lot with um colors yes and even a movie that's heavily based on colors um inside out yeah 
yeah that it really like all the the different colorations with like tint when someone's talking and stuff like it's it's wonderful it, it opens up an, an entirely new level to watching film when you get into like the background stuff like it really opens up your brain <laughs> uh, speaking of more cinematic things what did you think of the aspect ratio on this in this film well i was gonna say this show this film that four three aspect ratio so okay let me let me say out front i gave this movie a 6.5 out of 10 when i said it to everybody i told it, it whenever anybody asked me i was like all right it's so a 6.5 6.5 maybe a 7 i could bump it to a 7 at length at most right i got my family was like it's an eight i was like you're wrong <laughs> you're incorrect you've been working in film how long you're wrong <laughs> like there's a 6.5 out the gate and a lot of things annoyed me about this movie one of those things was that it felt like a tarantino ripoff it felt like it felt like a walmart version of a tarantino film like everything about it <laughs> i could see that uh i think it had to do a lot with the budget the fact that they had a yes 70 million is a lot of money but it's let's be realistic for uh, for that type of movie you need at least 200 million is it uh, it it limits you as a filmmaker in so many different aspects so many different things you could do because bfx they're very expensive people yes it for a good and, VFX studio because they could have gone to the yeah. same dudes who did Sonic. <laughs> the first take of Sonic. Exactly. For like 20 bucks or something. <laughs> but they didn't. Oh, I would have done it for 10 bucks on my iPad. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure you would have probably done about an equal job as some of these scenes. Like, it's um, like, and before anybody says anything, yes, we understand it's 70 million extra dollars on top of the amount that he had to make it initially. But yeah. seventy million to do to even just cut a movie is a very low budget. Seventy million dollars to re-edit a film, a whole movie, to do a whole cut—that's a—that's not a lot of money. Four-hour film is it? That's not a lot of money, and he had to do pickups too, so he had to go and reshoot stuff. That's a lot of money to shoot even one day. <laughs> and these are all a—the majority of them are A-list actors, so they're not cheap. Exactly, like because doesn't matter there is fight. Exactly, man. Because I don't care if Ben Affleck was pushing, pushing to be in the, like the for the Snyder Cut to be released. He still had to be paid for his time to be there. Exactly. Like the day rates so, alone on everybody is is it'll run up half your budget. Like half that seventy million will be gone on that almost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like to pay gaffers, Especially, grips, all this, like all these people, catering, insurances. like a month. Yeah, insurances, exec producers, producers, directors, cinematographers, director of photography, all these other people running around. <laughs> Not to mention that we were in the middle of a global pandemic. We, a lot of things were very different in terms of everything. Yes. So, you know, like it's a lot like 70 million was not a lot of money to to recut this movie. So given, given that it is a great movie, given the 70 million. But then you get into the narrative of it. The four three aspect ratio annoyed the actual hell out of me for about two minutes. And then after that, my brain just kind of adjusted. <laughs> same here. Like you it's like the same with the iPhone. When I, when you first got the like right now, I'm shooting video from a camera. I mean, my iPhone. And when I first got the iPhone, I was like, oh my God, the notch is so annoying. It's so annoying. Yes. Three minutes in, I'm like, oh, there's a notch that I forgot. Exactly. Like it's, I, listen, I don't ever want to see 4.3 again. Okay. We have flat screens for a reason. Give me 16.9. <laughs> Here's the thing though. 
I like the four by three. And I didn't think I was going to like it. But when I first watched, started watching the film, I hated it. I, I thought it was uh, cliche. I thought the it looks um, Looney Tunes. It looks cheap. But then when you start thinking about it, what are the majority of these characters doing? They're either flying, yeah. jumping, leaping, yeah. moving upwards, looking up, looking straight, looking upwards directions in almost every scene, right? Yeah, not a lot of Even lateral. F- exactly. Yeah. So if you go by a more widescreen aspect ratio, 16 by 9, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you could show the person jumping, flying, or leaping, but watching all these scenes of you know people jumping and everything, you you need though that different aspect ratio because you're able to get more of a upwards perspective. Like uh, right at the beginning of the movie, when Diana does that scene that she um the the bank the bank scene the bank scene. Thank you yeah. with uh Bruce Bolton. I don't know the actor's name, but yeah. you play Bruce Bolton in Game of Thrones. Yeah. She throws the bomb upwards. She jumps. Yes. That wouldn't have looked as great in a sixteen by nine because it you have to get, you have to first you have to shrink her down more so that she fits in screen and you can see the whole wide screen. Yeah. Doing it by four by three, you get more of a centralized scene and you can see like a more elongated elongated version of herself, focusing yeah. that more on that. So that's why I liked it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think it it definitely added to the the look. In, in a certain way because it is very it feels very noirish in a way mm-hmm. like it feels very classic batman from like the 30s except it's grim and classic batman was very much not grim at all like it was very campy but it did have that detective feel almost with the the color gradients so mm-hmm. i think i think it, that four three did work at a certain point like i said it annoyed me for a solid three minutes and i don't i do like to see wider uh everything uh i do like to see very very wide uh stuff when it when it comes to because i like to see the 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 sides i like to see like what's happening on the on the edges of the view right yeah everything is broken um but i did enjoy the i did enjoy it at a certain point because we did get to see kind of superman jumping down this way and and all these types of things that we wouldn't have gotten in a widescreen sort of format but speaking of that bank scene, another thing that annoyed me in this film was continuity. What do you mean? So in in that bank scene, like you said, she throws the bomb up, right? She does like a big jump and then chucks the bomb upwards and then falls back down. In Wonder Woman 84, which happens like 20 years before this movie, she learns how to fly. This bomb is supposed to take out four city blocks in London. Fly it higher. <laughs> like it, it's it was that it was a couple of things with like Aquaman, like continuity in this movie. You can kind of tell that it was filmed before a couple of other movies were filmed and they kind of lost the train of continuity on a few things with a few characters. But that was one thing that stood out immediately when I saw it. I was like, that's she knows how to fly. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Hold on, I'm so confused. When does she learn how to fly? Well, I mean, well, when was she? Don't don't spoil it because I I still remember. I'm one hour into the movie. No, no, in uh, in Wonder Woman eighty four, she she learns how to fly with Steve Trevor when Steve's like, you got to feel the the air currents and whatever. And then at the end of the movie, wait, in Wonder Woman eighty four, she wasn't flying. 
did she not do like a little glide fly and then lasso the lightning and then like she propel was she was gripping the 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 she was using the lasso of truth on the clouds in wonder woman 84 this and movie. jumping from cloud to cloud like, this, like lighting this movie is hell i just <laughs> so she wasn't flying that movie is is hell the more i think about it i just <laughs> just fly just fly just good lord wait hold on hold on wait so she was flying but she wasn't the the part of the movie that we saw she wasn't flying yet where was she flying because remember she threw the bomb up and she jumped she was flying and I don't remember. It's it's so it, I think I think it's the lack of of kind of like you know how Marvel has like a Kevin Feige to kind of keep track of of all that kind of continuity of what happened in the last movie and what happened in this and what's going to happen in the future. I think it kind of suffered that little hit because like when you're looking at it you're like okay, but even if she's not, even if she can't fly, even if she does the glide, lasso a cloud or something. Get get further away. Don't like, don't just throw it there. <laughs> You have superhuman strength. Why wouldn't you just beam it? Exactly. You like this Wonder Woman. I don't think it. I don't think this Wonder Woman is as strong as comic Wonder Woman because or DC animated Wonder Woman, which is pretty much as strong as Superman to a degree, right? Mm-hmm. But this one is strong enough to just chuck that thing at least close to the sun. Like, <laughs> I agree with you. And from what I saw, I think what we got up to. We first got, we saw Cyborg, but we didn't get to see him, see him. He was the, mm. we were in the hoodie and everything. And Diana had gone down into the crypts. And she found the the things of Darkseid. Uh, yes. By the way, Darkseid got waxed. He did. Oh my god! Did you see that that little that little subtle the little subtle hit at Infinity War there? Yeah. <laughs> like like my dude, he didn't go for the head, but he he waxed Darkseid. <laughs> like, dude, Ares was the man. Like he was the man. Like he pieced him up. Is that which honestly another that was a, the other thing that like early on in the movie that got to me besides this girl sniffing Aquaman's sweater. Besides that. <laughs> God dang it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. oh, my gosh. <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah. My brain couldn't comprehend that for like three minutes. But like, I, like we've seen Wonder Woman absolutely wipe the floor with Ares. We saw her do it. And Ares, the hierarchy at DC gets really, it starts to fall apart in this movie. Because it's like, can, is Diana on the same level as Darkseid? Or like we need, I need to see visual in the movie. I know that Darkseid, as he gets older, gets stronger, and I know that like Ares, even though he was an old god, I guess they're losing their powers the less people worship them. Like I know that, but a casual doesn't. Not know just that. that, but remember, he fought by that point. He already had fought um, Zeus. Yeah, who, dude, Zeus, that actor is jacked. I was sitting there like, when did three hundred get in here? When did? <laughs> oh, even um, what was the other the bow and arrow one? Uh, I think that was Artemis. Was that an Artemis or Athena? One of the no. two. No, Artemis. 
Yeah. Because remember, later on, they used the ball of the, the arrow of Artemis. Yeah. They were, yo. But Zeus? They put that work in. <laughs> I was like, God damn, I gotta go to Planet Fitness. Exactly. He was putting that work in. Look, you know, that Green Lantern wasn't doing nothing. Nope, nope. He got pieced up, bro. Like, what was he doing? He that was the laser? biggest disrespect <laughs> I've seen to a lantern. Hey, this man shot a laser like four times and then died. What was this? <laughs> Dude, his, first of all, you got your hand chopped off. Yes. Second disrespect. of all, you got speared through the chest up. You, was you're not coming back. It was disrespectful. Mad disrespectful. <laughs> that's to be... I know, look. Before, people used to talk about the most disrespectful beatdowns in comic book movies, right? And they used to say that the most disrespectful one was when... You remember in Civil War when Rhodey flew towards Captain America and Captain America just jumped and kicked him down and he broke <laughs> that little sword thing that he had? Yeah. People were saying that was the most disrespectful beatdown, right? It was pretty disrespectful. <laughs> this Lancer got... He took the cake, bro. Yeah. There's there's one more that's like a little oh there's one more that isn't on that level in the towards the end of the movie that I think you'll notice when you see it. But like it's this one was probably the most disrespectful. Definitely in this movie. It was the most disrespectful beatdown I had ever seen. I was like, what? We should do a we should do a, a top ten of the most disrespectful beatdowns in not just comic book, but in movie histories, because I can think about uh, Fight Club, one of those. Oh my god. Oh yes. Dude, this that was that was so that was so uncalled for. So un- and th- in that little background thing, it, why is King Arthur there? Why is these dude? That was a middle ages man in like it, that's a fourteen hundreds dude. This is supposed to be like five to ten thousand years ago. What is King Arthur doing here? What is this? <laughs> Wait, that was. Well, I think they were trying to either establish the trident so that kind of connection to Aquaman. Or I thought it was Poseidon at first. No, I meant like the remember it was because the Atlanteans. It makes sense for them to be like because in DC the Atlanteans are like thousands of years ahead of everybody. But like when they were like and men showed up and then it was just dudes from England. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, does DC not oh, know yeah. history? What is this? <laughs> Dude, they look at the budget. I was so like, I was so weird. I was like, they should be like cavemen. They should be like Vandal Savage out there. That was the perfect time to introduce Vandal Savage. This is 10,000 years ago. Ain't no, no. <laughs> yeah, their armor look fresher than the stuff you see now. Yes. I was like, why is Cat, why is King Arthur in the Knights of the Round Table here? What is Lord of the Rings dudes doing up in here? Where's Aragorn? <laughs> Dude, what about the fact that the mother box to the Amazon, to the Amazonians? Isn't a dome that could fall apart, guarded by archers, twenty four seven. There's a window. The Atlanteans. Huh? There's a window what? just right on top of it. Oh yeah, that was stupid. Bad design choice. I was like, what? The Atlanteans, their mother box is underwater, guarded by other um, aquatic people. Yeah. The human mother box. Oh my god. Yo, let's dig a hole. <laughs> oh my god. These dudes dug a hole. <sighs> Bro, they dug a two feet hole. <laughs> they didn't even use a shovel, they used their hand. On a road too. That's the other thing. I I watched it. On the second watch through, I looked, and that was on a main road. You didn't even go like deep into the woods. You dug a two foot hole on a road. <laughs> they told their dogs dig. <laughs> like, That's why they threw the box. 
like, like bro what humanity just keep sucking in this movie <laughs> but that's not the first box that was taken because in the part of the movie that I'm up to Stefan Wolf got the he got the box that um the cyborg had I think no he got a box no he got he got the Amazonian box yeah and he called some dude on Skype from Dark Side's <laughs> plan sad he called the sad the sad the hell's the sad man who are you why are you here he's just you know he's like a he's like a henchman you know he's just that guy he's the the salacious b crumb to dark side's job of the hut like i remember from the from the animated series i think he was there i know that stefan wolf was there yeah i know that granny goodness was there and there was some other jobber so i don't know if it's this guy yeah probably it was because the sad's kind of always around he's like in the background all the time just kind of doing weird like little finger stuff he's like the little finger of our of apocalypse you know oh. yeah, or like, ebony mods who ebony mod was probably modeled after this guy yes in marvel because Thanos was modeled after um dark side exactly so yeah he's like he's like the ebony maw he's kind of in the background just kind of doing like little little schemes and nonsense and being like oh yes i'll put this person into this place you know so okay so you're at the first skype call you haven't hit the second skype call yet no just the first one okay okay when you hit that second skype and, call you're gonna be laughing <laughs> and i think the last thing that i saw so diana saw the the premonition on the wall mm. They we met Barry. Okay. Cool introduction, by the way. Iris is is she's a she's a better looking Iris than the one from those from the Arrowverse. Very true. Um, my only gripe with that scene, some the Justice League needs to make Barry take a sexual assault course. All right, because he was getting a little close. He was getting just a little too close to to touching somewhere. <laughs> he shouldn't have been touching. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Dude is. At first one, I was so confused about the hot dog that he picked up. Oh like, what is he doing? He was he took but too much time. <laughs> Dude, but I love the the mechanics of it. When he moved his shoes, yeah. like it, I felt like it was comic accurate because it was like, your Nike is yeah. not going to stay with that. They and not. I like that. That was a cool little detail. Yeah, it so was. That, like my my only gripe with that is like, in in certain iterations of the comics, I think it's more with Wally than it is with Barry, I think, where it's like his powers kind of protect everything around him because that's why people don't like immediately die if he touches them because it's like the speed force like coats him in a little field, like a little bubble. So like everything in, in his immediate vicinity doesn't immediately get destroyed from his speed. <laughs> I think the Arrowverse explained it well because the, the Arrowverse does keep a lot of the comic book lore. Yeah. And they called it um flash time that he kind of not necessarily passed the power to you, but kind of like um by it's gonna it's gonna sound weird, but vibrate to you to his um frequency. Yeah, so that's kind of like so the the shoes is it, it was a cool visual, but like in the back of my head, I was like, but but his shoes shouldn't explode. Like <laughs> like in the back of my brain, it was doing. That. <laughs> But is that does that have to be a conscious thing that he has to decide? Like, okay, I'm gonna keep this stuff around me, or is that something that happens on its own? I think if it's, it's a con- if it's something conscious, then I could see why it will break because he was trying to focus on this girl not dying. I think it, it like it's that comic book thing where like it flips 
depending on like who's writing it like sometimes it's like something that he has to do but usually they're like well it's a subconscious thing because then he'd be naked all the time but but sometimes they're like because like some writers are like well he has a he's a little bubble around him that makes him frictionless so he just has no friction Mm. so his shoes don't explode but then some are like yeah no visual cool (laughs) i think the quicksilver and the mcu did it well too because you saw that after he ran a lot the shoes was um kind of burning. Yes. It was like the shoes were protected, but there you could tell that the the shoes weren't meant for that kind of friction. Is that I think that would have been a really cool, cool thing to do. But I liked I liked the exploding shoe visual though. It was really cool. The visual was amazing. Even yeah. though the glass expanding before it breaks. Yes. That was pretty cool. Yes. But speaking of the flash, his uh, his slow motion brings me to like the one of the other things that annoyed me about this movie. Is so much slow motion in this movie. Like he it makes sense for the flash to be in slow motion, but the Amazons, every other scene, everything was slow motion. <laughs> but it's a Snyder trait. Yeah, I mean, I saw it coming from a mile away. I think that's why the movie has such a long runtime. Yes. I mean, granted, I'm still an hour in, but I feel like the 20 minutes of what we saw was slow motion material. Yes. Let me tell you, you could knock at least an hour off of this movie if you just cut the slow motion. If you just cut it down, like at least half of it, you cut an hour off this movie. And it's for like the weirdest things, like somebody walking. Yes. Oh, and that's another thing, though. Damn, uh, Wonder Woman beat. Why does he have to play it every time? Like we already know that it goes like. We already know that part, but now they add extended it in the front. So it's like, oh my god! Every single time she comes on screen. And it was like, I don't know if you saw the memes on, on TikTok, but Wonder Woman goes to brush her teeth. Yes. Wonder Woman's about to take a dump. It felt like that because it's, it's no joke. It's every time she comes on screen. It's just constant. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But even at the part that she's in the museum and that she's, she finds out that the, his, her mother threw the arrow. Like this is early in the film. So like when her mother um that she's in the museum and I said this twice. And she looks at the TV. I think they play it. Yes. Yes. Why? It's, She's watching TV. It's unnecessary. It's so much. And the other thing about this, these women can hit, can shoot an arrow like 5,000 miles without seeing it. But you can't shoot Steppenwolf in the eyeballs while you're on top of him? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, like that's one thing that I enjoy. <laughs> That's one thing that I enjoy, man. The the new look for Stephen Wolf. Yes. And the armor, it looks sentient. Like yes. It, it looks cool. cool. It looks so cool. Like, but they there were like 30 of them on his back. And none of y'all thought to stab this man in the eyeballs. Nobody. None of them, man. <laughs> y'all deserve to have a box taken. You deserve it. You know what though? I like when the Amazons did their last resort measure. Oh, knocking yeah. on the the walls and seeing the whole dome collapse. <sighs> I'll forgive that, that use of slow motion. It wasn't motion. effective at all. It wasn't. I'll get, I'll forgive that. Okay, I will forgive that use of slow motion for the purely for the fact that the 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 women with abs and they go in for that swing and it's in slow motion. I was sitting there like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that yes, but then the door falling. Why does it have to fall in slow motion? Mm. But like, but they catch it when they catch it, though. 
Oh. I thought they were gonna be crushed in half, man. I thought that DC was gonna go that dark. <laughs> so did that I. Cool. I did too. I thought they were gonna get crushed in half too. Like so, it gave me um Fifth Element vibes. It really did. Audience, uh, I'm a va- listen. If you're listening to this show, you should know by now. I'm a very big fan of women with muscles. Very big fan. Like really big fan. I love Wonder Woman for that reason. I love Supergirl for that reason. Even though Supergirl is much less muscular than Wonder Woman is, and like, it, and I don't know, it's a comic book thing, I guess, because horny 40 year old dudes drawing women uh we're like most women even though they're like as strong as superman they're just like for some reason super thin <laughs> like a model who smokes 30 packs of cigarettes every day i call it the the ultra instinct body. yes yeah because when yeah because it's like you should be jacked and i like that i like that kind of look because they made wonder woman a bit more muscular now because she should be she's an amazon like she should be muscular. Like she's very feminine, but she's muscular. <laughs> Where? In the comics, not in the in these movies. She's still a model. Oh, I'm about to say because Gal Gadot is skinny. Yeah, no, Gal Gadot is skinny, but like in the comics, she's a bit more muscular than she used to be. I don't mean to keep harping on on this, but you have to check out the Wonder Woman from the Dark Knight's Death Metal. Yes. Dude, the the skull tiara that she has. Mm. Awesome! Mm. Awesome! Mm. Like it's just I Jeez. I love I loved that visual. I sat there. I had to literally I had to pull out of my bottle of water. I had a bottle of Fiji water sitting next to me while I was watching this movie. When they did like the <laughs> swing, I literally pulled the water up and went <clears throat> and just started drinking. I was like, all right, I gotta I gotta quench this thirst real fast. This is <laughs> so I'll forgive that use of slow motion. If we could have got that through that whole Amazon bit, I'd have been like, all right. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, that whole strategy sucked though. Like visually it looks so cool. But dude just came out of the he just jumped out with was, the bugs. It was the worst strategy I'd ever seen ever. <laughs> They're supposed to be tacticians. <laughs> but the the anti-life equation at the beginning of the movie, I forgot to mention that. Uh, it yes. looks so cool. Yes. You know what made me mad? How you lose it? How you forget? Cause she mentions they're like old. Oh, they forgot where it was. I'd have never forgot where it was. If that's the only planet that beat me into the ground like that, I'd have never forgot. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'd have been like, somebody better keep that. We're, somebody hit the return caller button because we about to find them again. <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess they'll explain later in the movie, but I'm so confused about the damn mother boxes. Oh my but, uh, I'll find out later when I get to that point. Dude, it's like... The whole, his whole motivation, I do love that they gave Steppenwolf a motivation in this. Because in the beginning, he had, like, no motivation. Wait, wait, don't, 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 don't. don't I mean, in the, in the original film. In the original film. Okay. In the original cut, he had, like, no motivation. Because it was just him being like, mother, mother, (laughs) mother, I love thee. (laughs) Every two minutes. You would think that he was, like, an offspring of the damn boxes. Yes. It was so weird. So they actually gave him motivation in this movie, and it was really cool. Like you'll find out what it is, and I think you'll laugh when you get there. Like it's gonna be, it's it's very humorous the way that they do it. But he has a very relatable motivation, and you feel for him almost. You're like, oh man, I kind of want him to win a little bit. <laughs> like, like I feel bad for this guy. Oh my gosh, I need to finish watching this movie. Like it's it's so much. It is it's a very long movie, but it is it has its moments of being really good. And you could tell that it like if it if they had polished it a bit more and if like I understand Zack Snyder had to leave because it was a tragedy what happened and it's like, yes, take time off, don't work, be with your family, deal with that situation. 
but it, you could tell like if he had actually had time to like polish this movie he had learned so much from where he failed with batman v superman that i think this would have been like the best DC. it is already the best dc movie besides like wonder woman but it would have been like amazing if he had had time <laughs> i i agree and disagree I agree that it would uh, would have been definitely would have been more polished because it would have had the full budget behind it. However, the fact that we saw the the Whedon version of the Justice League, I feel like it probably made Zack see how many things could be improved on. Because we don't know yeah. if after he saw that version of the movie, he said, "Okay, I see what you were going for." And my movie has similar beats to it. Yeah. Let me cross them out and make it more or take a different approach. So we don't, we, we like, yes, it would have been polished, but we don't know if it would have been as this. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. He could have, he probably did. Cause he, they did do reshoots of a certain, of a lot of scenes to replace the stuff that he that, filmed originally. Yeah. And so replace, he had changes for his own stuff. Exactly. And to replace the stuff that we didn't kind of put in there to finish off uh, parts of the movie so i think he probably did look at at what happened with whedon's cut and like everybody did everybody was like oh my god that movie's bad and he probably went oh okay i see what everybody means now like these, <laughs> these movies are bad yeah, he had the, <laughs> the he had the advantage that not a lot of people had and this get global feedback on something yes it's not yes. your complete project but your influence is still there and you're getting so much live feedback like maybe we don't know what for some of the 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 Whedon jokes were actually Snyder jokes. We don't know where the where one part ended and begun, you know. So it's no, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard to explain, but I feel like he had that advantage. He had the world feedback as an advantage. Yeah, he had that advantage of like the second guy coming in. To he had the advantage that Whedon should have had. That's what it is. He got the second win. He got the second win. Yeah, because Whedon should have had that advantage when he made the movie because you saw how bad the dc movies were and then you saw what what uh what snyder did with the original cut because he had filmed like 70 or 80 percent of the movie already so you had seen what he had done and you knew like okay i could take this out do this blah 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 so he should have had the advantage to make a better movie than he did <laughs> and then i think snyder came with that third that second wind and went i can make this better <laughs> See, I think if Whedon would have had an opportunity to make the Whedon film from the get-go and like being the one to develop these characters a little bit more as opposed to jumping into a project that was A, had already begun and B, had already established characters in a different type of established universe. Yeah. It makes it more challenging because it you you have to keep these these same beats to some extent. Yeah. And I think that's one of the comparisons that people used to make before when they were comparing like like Avengers 1 to the Justice League movie, like there are two different movies, yeah. the same director, but because you're getting the creative freedoms from the beginning as opposed to jumping in something that already started, it, it could be so much different. If you want to look at another example is the Ant-Man movie. Yeah. The Ant-Man movie started as an Edgar Wright movie. Yes. And then it was changed into a, what's the director's name, Peyton Reese? Uh, yeah, I think Peyton Reese, yeah. Peyton Reese, and then it became a Peyton Reese movie, but he still has some of the Edgar Wright's elements, and that's why Ant Man One and Ant Man Two are so different because Peyton Reese had to work with what was already established in somebody else's vision, as opposed to being your fresh vision. Vision, yeah. 
and that's why Ant-Man 2 is so much different than Ant-Man 1. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're very right. And uh, I just want to make it clear to the audience. I do not. Okay, I don't like Joss Whedon. Okay, I don't like. I've, I've read the whole thing. I've seen what Charisma Carpenter said. I've seen what Ray Fisher has said. Okay, yes, I don't like him anymore. Okay, I thought he was all right. I thought he was okay. I thought he was a good director for Avengers. Avengers, when Age of Ultron came about, he kind of soured for me. And then Justice League really soured him for me. And now he's completely soured for me. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch Firefly again. Okay, <laughs> like I get it. And after watching the Snyder Cut, I do get what Ray Fisher meant when he said what he said about like the filming with Joss Whedon, because he was very vocal about what was going on on set with Joss Whedon. He was like, yeah, no, this whole thing is some BS. On <laughs> he was like, the whole filming situation has gone bad. Like Snyder at least was like a cool dude, but Whedon and the execs are kind of, you know, screwing me over. Like, and I understand what he meant. And after the whole, after seeing this cut of the movie and hearing what he said, hearing what Charisma Carpenter said, hearing what a lot of people who worked with Whedon in the past said, I get it. So I'm not condoning Whedon's actions by being like, oh, he, he should have made a better film. I'm not. So before anybody tweets at me, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm, this might sound controversial, but I don't really care about the, the whole, everything that happened in that situation mm -hmm. because it, I'm, like I'm in this aspect, I'm trying to separate real life from from fiction and focus mm. like on his work. Like Chris Benoit, for example. Chris Benoit is a person that his name draws heat from mm. so many or in so many negative connotations, right? Because of the horrible things that he did and the despicable things that he did, the disgusting things that he did. Yeah. But you still gotta admit that in the ring. Dudu was the man. He was untouchable. He was one of the best wrestlers. Yeah. yeah so it's it's like, do we just ignore the legacy of Benoit in the ring? Or do we kind of draw that line and say, okay, I hate you, but I see what you did. Not even I respect it or whatever. I just acknowledge it. And I could see myself watching it. You know what I'm saying? I, I completely get what you're saying. I think that comes down to like a per person thing because I, I haven't seen a Chris Benoit match since, I don't know, since really. I, I watched it a little bit when I was younger, but then when I learned what happened, I think around like 12, I, I kind of I couldn't do it anymore, right? Like I couldn't watch the mm -hmm. same like listening to R. Kelly music. I don't listen to R. Kelly because of what happened, right? Like I, I think it comes down to like a per person. Like can, can you kind of deal with it? Because I just, I it comes up in my head whenever like whenever i try i'm like ah <laughs> like ignition is ruined for me <laughs> i can't it can't be the remix to ignition it's not hot and fresh out of the kitchen it's hot and fresh when it should have been in the bathroom you know <laughs> oh my god that's the worst joke i could have made about that <laughs> hey is this it's been a while man it's it's fair game at this point you know, like it's it's that sort of thing. Like whenever I think about, you know, whenever I think about that sort of stuff, like it kind of just pops into my head, and I'm like, ah, oh. now I feel guilty about it. Like I can't, like I can't, like before this, I used to be like, and I'll I'll still say because you can't take the credit away from him. 
in that terms. I think I can acknowledge that he was a good director. He is a good director for certain things. I can acknowledge that. I can acknowledge that Buffy was one of the best television shows to be produced in the 90s to the early 2000s. I can admit that Firefly is probably the best sci-fi show that's been made in the last 50 or 60 years. Like, But I don't know if I'll be able to watch it again. <laughs> okay. like, yeah, like it's that sort of thing. Like I can give professional accolades whether or not somebody's like a trash person. Like it's like Dan Schneider effect, you know, like the Dan Schneider effect of like, I love iCarly. I love it. It's a great show. Drake and Josh was a great show. Like the good burger was a great movie. I understand Dan Schneider is trash, <laughs> but those are so great movies. Would you, so would you be able to watch something like from what's the guy from that movie with the cards <sighs> that he was in baby driver? Um, oh, uh, oh, oh, house of cards guy. Um, Kevin Spacey. Yes. Does, uh, didn't he have like a bunch of controversies and stuff? So he did. Could you watch like, his stuff? I listen. I never watched House of Cards in the first place. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I like it was never a big thing to me. Like when that happened, it it hurt because I loved Baby Driver so much. But I have seen Baby Driver, and I think that's only because I had no emotional context to Kevin Spacey whatsoever. Like he means nothing to me. Like <laughs> you know, like he means nothing to me. It doesn't hurt me to to see that like it doesn't like it comes up in my head and i haven't seen it since so i don't know i haven't tried to watch baby drivers since that happened so maybe i'll be able see, to because it means nothing <laughs> so to me that's similar to all these people they mean nothing to me past the professional part or the part that mm. i'm focusing on like for example whedon i focus on the directing part or yeah not even the controversial parts of his directing, like just the directing product or the end product of what I'm seeing. Yeah. That's how I focus on this guy. Or even with, like I was mentioning earlier, with Benoit, I focus on the in-ring guy. Yeah. Now, the, now the moment the, the curtain, you leave the curtain, I don't care about you. Okay. I care about you in the square ring, the square circle. Yeah. So it's kind of like that for me. Is it, like I think that's a great way to think about it because I think I, think I had that, kind of thing because i know like almost everybody in hollywood has like some weird thing that they've done or some horrible thing that they've done if you've just been out if you were in that like 80s era or like 90s era you've done something so unless your name is tom hanks unless you're tom hanks or like uh or gerard way like my chemical romance is like the only punk band that doesn't have some form of allegation against them like everybody else like i think well, I think what you're saying works for me. I think the only person that really works for me is like Ronnie Radke. Because I know Ronnie Radke is is not a great person. Like, I know it. He admits it. He has a whole song about it. Everybody knows he's not a great person. But I can still listen to Falling in Reverse, right? Like, I can still do that, like, weirdly, you know? But I think it hits worse with cinema and filmmakers especially because I went to school and I studied their work and I, I was like, I, at one point I wanted to be like these people. I was like, Oh yeah, I wanted to make something like you and I'm a big fan of you. And now I'm like, Oh no, I don't want to be like you at all. <laughs> but I think it goes, see, cause if you go down that path, right? Where does it end? What about literature? What if, for example, your favorite writer from now you find out that 
back in the umpteenth time, he was a, let's say, a slave trader. Or he was a, he used to burn the eyelids of children and then drink it in his green tea. It kind of is like that. Cause That's like, kind of dark. God damn. Yeah. Listen, my favorite writer. <laughs> that was dark. My favorite writer, I think, is probably J.R.R. Tolkien. Just like of classic literature, I think. Because I don't like, or uh, whoever wrote Lord of the Flies or something like that. I don't know. Like, Amazing book. Yeah, because I, I don't re like of the books that I reread, I reread Lord of the Rings the most. And I like it. I love it. But J.R.R. Tolkien, the way that he depicts uh you know the way that he depicts like races is is very like it's not great like <laughs> like it's not good it's very, it's very bad but i can still read it you know <laughs> so how come though how come you could do that with that but not like a uh Whedon, for example i think it comes down to i never wanted to be J.R. tolkien right like i never wanted to be mm. him i understood that i wasn't like i wanted to write like him but he also grew up, you know, he was in the World War One, I, I think it was. <laughs> so I, I never wanted to be him, you know, because he had a horrible life. <laughs> but I wanted to write see, like him, <laughs> but never wanted to be that him. That makes sense. That <laughs> makes sense. That makes sense. And I see it from your point of view. Hopefully you see mine too. Oh, I do. I 100% see you. Because, like, I do what you do with certain people, right? Because like, you, you, you're able to separate the professional bit from the personal bit. Right. Yeah. In a very in a very, very good way, honestly, for enjoying art, because I think I think when you get too wrapped up into art, you kind of blend the two together because there's a level of like every director or writer or whatever in their work. So I think you can tend to blend them together when you're so deep into it that it yeah. hits worse. I think that's why it hurts a bit more whenever somebody that I enjoy does something like that because i'm like well i put everything i have into my work you must have put something you have into your work and now it sours the work for me <laughs> and don't get me wrong it's not like i i'm completely detached from every source of media because i'm a i'm a person that grew up with listening to for example spanish music and yeah. i have my artists that when you hear controversies about them it kind of affects you yeah. it shouldn't because it's somebody that a has never met you and b you're never going to meet for the most yeah. part, maybe. Hopefully someday I will. But you you build that connection and you do have that. Yeah. It's just for me personally, it's hard to build that kind of rapport that your personal affects my personal. Yeah. As yeah, opposed to like difficult. your personal is something that I have to see, but it wouldn't necessarily negate me from enjoying your specific thing. Is yes, and I think I think that just comes down to like people's the like these people's personal lives is so out there because people that we know in regular life are trash like this. Like this isn't something that's only a Hollywood problem, and I think people tend to mm -hmm. conflate those two things. Like if this is a thing that's a problem with like just people that you know, like someone that yeah. you know has done something as bad as Joss Whedon does, but it's just Joss Whedon is in the public eye, so it just hits a lot more people than you know dave from your frat house or whatever you know like i don't know how many people i've cut out of my life because of like in just in college being at a party and being like he did what to a girl yeah no i can't hang out with that guy anymore like so it happens <laughs> but it's like people are just in the public eye so it hurts more to a lot more people <laughs> exactly couldn't have said it by myself yeah you know but uh so yes, Braulio, of the hour that you've seen of the Snyder Cut, 
what rating would you give it? <sighs> so from one to ten, I'll probably give the one hour a solid five. Okay. Good effort. Decent execution. Horrible CGI. It yeah. it's it's so bad that is distracting at points. Yes, like it, um, it does the get scene better. When, that. Okay. But the scene when Batman is the extended scene of Batman looking for Arthur that you see the the landscapes. It looked like I don't want to say low budget, but it looked low budget. It did. It did. And what was up with the Okay, what was up with those girls? Before we get into recommendations, what was up with these girls at the beginning of this movie in the singing and the sniffing of the sweater? And what was up with her eyes? Could they have made the circles around her eyes darker? <laughs> the 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 him it it went too long. So like even when the transition into the next scene, it was still humming. Yes. And it was like, okay, I get it. He's this person that you respect because he brings you food and fish, but shh, shut up. Exactly. The humming is not the it did not it do it did nothing for me. Is and it threw me off because it like it's one thing. Like when I was watching this, my mother who works in um she's working television for like 30 years. So we we got it. We got into a debate about this while watching the movie, and she went, "Well, it's because they revere him. They revere him like a like you know like a like a king or like a deity or whatever." And I was like, "He comes every year. It's not like it's not like he just shows up once and then just drops food. He come. He lives here half the time. He's drinking with you. If if you're sitting here at my table eating food with me in the bar, getting drunk." As much as Alchemand drinks, half of them have probably carried him home, like drunk in the in a gutter somewhere. I will not revere you. You're just like a regular dude at that point. The shine wears off. <laughs> You're not singing about that. He comes every it's year. It's the diminishing returns. Yes, you know, like if if like we all they treated him almost like Santa Claus, and but if Santa Claus stuck around for more than one day of the year. And was drinking with you by New Year's? You'd be like, dude, get out of my house. <laughs> it's not even that, but the tra- there was no transition from he's just one of us to let's revere this guy. There was no transition. It was one moment. He's in the bar with the common folk yes. doing common folk things. Nobody's praising him, worshiping the ground he walks. Then all of a sudden he chokes out Batman and now let's do a hymn for this guy. Exactly. It was it was an odd transition. Bruce Wayne, dressing like a bat. <laughs> Just out yeah. this man. Just out him. Why don't you? Just... How did he find out who he was? I'm. I can only assume that Bruce told him, but that's like because he was like, "Well, come join up." And he has no regard for his own secret identity in this movie to anybody. Like that's the weirdest thing about Batfleck, is that like Batman, even in the comics, even half the Justice League don't know who Batman is. Like, they're his closest friends, and they don't know who he is. Superman, like, has to x-ray vision him to realize that is Bruce Wayne. Like, half of his friends don't know who he is. But in this movie, he's just telling people immediately. <laughs> I think the after Iron Man proclaimed that he was Iron Man, it kind of loosened up the secret identity for all heroes, which is... Yeah. Uh, it works for some people, and it, but it doesn't work for Batman, because that's, like, his whole thing. 
like the mysterious the detective you can't be a detective yeah. if everybody knows who you are which is exactly. one thing that i hope that they keep with um with uh what's this <sighs> edward what's his edward's real name uh oh oh um Twilight robin guy. pattinson robin pattinson, pattinson yeah yeah i hope that they keep a more is that movie still being done what happened it to that is. movie? they're still making it okay they're they're still doing okay. it. Apparently, his bat symbol is being made out of the handle of the gun that killed his parents. That's the last thing I heard about it. <laughs> last thing I heard about it was the Pattinson got COVID. Can you believe that COVID was a year ago? Dude, it's still going. It's it's been so long. This oh my lord! Even, I don't know. Whatever. Let's not go down this path. Let's. Let's try to end it on a happy note. Yes. So, um, yeah, I I do hope that they uh that they do kind of get a bit more close to the the detective thing that we kind of know because it is that's like Batman's whole deal. Everybody else can you can lose their secret identities except for Batman and Superman because Superman kind of needs his in a weird way, like to protect his family more than anybody else. Yeah, more than anything else. Exactly, because he is you. He's untouchable. You can't like, especially in the in the DCEU. They've like the only dude that has kryptonite is Batman. Like no one else has it, so he's like untouchable. But like, and even kryptonite yeah. barely stops him. Really, in that un or really in any universe, but especially in that one, like it barely slows him down. So the only one who really needs to really keep their secret identity under wraps is Batman, and they were just like. so it's uh it's uh, so five from Braulio. Yeah. we're waiting for things to get fixed things are things are working come on fix fix yourself Braulio, if you can hear me uh just give us any final thoughts that you have of uh of the justice league we need to wrap up so my phone's about to die yes okay yeah yeah i was about to say just give us your uh your final thoughts and then let's get into recommendations and, and get out of here uh final thoughts decent hour so far <laughs> can't give a final thought uh, i feel like i will be doing the, the film injustice Ooh, film injustice let's sequel to justice league three justice league two injustice <laughs> that would be a good title um yeah <laughs> yeah uh so next week uh bradley will have finished the movie and then we will we'll get into like a deep spoiler talk into like that last three hours of the movie because there's some stuff that I oh man I want to hear what you got to say about it it's like certain stuff oh my god oh my cool. god there's gonna be some things um but yeah this has been a great great time uh Braulio, what recommendations do you have for the people to watch uh, read listen to for this week so for the recommendation. I would recommend my website, the newly launched BraulioShow.com, which is the website where I'll be posting uh, show notes, full discussions. Um, there's a contact feature so that we could get to know each other more. Uh, we'll also be posting blogs where I will go more into different conversations rather than just the Marvel talks that I do in the Braulio Show podcast that you can find anywhere the podcasts are sold. 
Uh, you can find blogs uh, regarding the behind the scenes of how the, the episodes are filmed, film, recorded, edited, everything. You can find um, different types of different, you might call it Easter eggs into my life, into my story, my, my one-man story that's developing. And mm-hmm. hopefully soon you'll see some, um, some readings from Mr. Morgan Brooks himself doing some contributions to the site. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to see that, but um, there was a, <laughs> and, there was, there was a thing happening on screen. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and also, yeah, fun, fun website. It, it was fun creating. So I hope you guys got a chance to check it out. Let me know what you think. And you can find that again at Braulioshow.com. Yes. Go, That's my recommend for the week. It's a great recommend. Go check that out. Go go look at it. Um, click on it and click all of the pages. That way that way there's hits on all of them. Um yes. my my recommendation for this week. Uh I don't know. Go watch the stuff we talked about. If you haven't seen the Snyder Cut, I don't know why you listen to this for this long with the amount of things that we were talking about. Uh go watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, if you have seen it, I don't know, read, uh, read Beast Boy with, uh, the art done by Greg Piccolo and the Raven run. Cause the, the Beast Boy loves Raven thing is coming out in September. So get, get on that and get ready. You know, it's happening And that book is, it's okay. I've heard some complaints about it. I thought it was pretty fun. It was a nice little slice of life, you know, but with Beast Boy. <laughs> Interesting. Oh yeah. The older I get the the more i just want a nice slice of life of stuff like i don't want don't give me all this like action 1970 thousand you know punches and whatever you know just give me a nice slice of life and then maybe you beat up a bad guy you know <laughs> that's all i need now yeah <laughs> you know again i'm getting old my back hurts you know <laughs> so uh, uh, cool, cool, cool. yeah so that's that's what i got for my recommendations this week probably i'll tell the people where they can find you uh, so you guys can find me on BraulioShow.com. Uh, from there, you can find all the social media links uh, to Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. I think I still have. I don't know. I, I need to check. I haven't posted anything in months, years. I don't even know what time it is anymore. You but, post more than me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, find me on BraulioShow.com. Yes. Uh, yeah, go, go check that out again. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Morgan L. Brooks on the Instagram at Morgan L. Underscore Brooks. I don't post, I, I post almost nothing. I'll try and put photos up. I promise. And, uh, you can find music stuff on YouTube, uh, Morgan Brooks. And then for, uh, you know, for gaming, TikTok, uh, Twitch and SoundCloud, Hidden Time Lord, H-I-D-D-E-N-T-I-M-E-L-O-R-D. I'm, tr- I'm getting faster at saying that so much. Um, you can send questions and whatever to for questions, fan mail, hate mail, whatever, uh, to the show at renpodnetwork at gmail.com. That's R-E-N-P-O-D-N-E-T-W-O-R-K at gmail.com. Uh, we love you. Thank you for uh for joining us on this journey. And we look forward to seeing you next week as well. And for you to share it with everyone that you know. Do it. We dare you. Um, thank you. And uh goodbye. <laughs>